0: Doctor Who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 329.
1: (laughs) Yes. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then,
2: there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.
3: Our lives are different too
0: Hey, 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 Doctor Who fan, big blue boxy listener person. <laughs> Welcome back to another week. I hope you're keeping safe and well. You've had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. Related, yeah. Dee, Welcome back to another week. Last week, it was our review of The Name of the Doctor. So I hope you enjoyed that one. Ooh. bit timey-wimey, that one. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Time streams and all that malarkey. Yeah, yeah, I did get a bit timey-wimey, but it was a good review, though. It was, it was, um, Mm. we just haven't dived into any of that whole last section of Matt's era, really. We've not dived into the, insert word here, of the Doctor episodes.
6: (laughs) Series 7, isn't it? That's why. Series 7. That strange old series.
0: Series Bleeding 7. <laughs> yeah. Yes,
6: indeedy. It's not like Series 5 all glittering. Like, oh, Series 5. And then Series 6, you're like... Mm-hmm, and then 7, it's like... Mm-hmm. Oh, here we
0: go, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking to new Doctor Who fans. Oh, I love Series 7. See you later. <laughs> joking, of course. Joking. Of course. Of course we're joking. Yeah, so, there's
6: the old good bit in there in Series 7. but, but yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> There's the odd, yeah, yeah, the odd good bit, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The odd good bit. So today on episode three two nine, we've got one little teeny bit of news to get through, and then we're on to our review of the recently released, recently animated, uh, the Evil of the Daleks, the second mm-hmm. Doctor story. It's gonna be interesting.
6: Is this the first time you've watched it? Because I wasn't sure when you'd got your blu-ray or dvd or whatever it is indeed yes yeah yeah i thought it it. might be yeah Yeah. because obviously like most of the other stuff's on britbox or the streaming stuff and you know we've both seen it like loads of times but yeah this one because it's quite a new (laughs) in it you know in brackets new release Mm. i had a feeling it'd be the first time you've seen it Mm. so it's going to be interesting to see your thoughts on it
0: yeah, they have or added hear your uh, thoughts, not see your thoughts, hear, yeah. hear your thoughts. They've added the other ones to Britbox, like the Macra Terror and like, the Faithless One. You know, those, those it will probably pop up on there at some point. Yeah. I don't know when though, but it'll hmm. be on there. Yeah. I didn't catch it at the BFI they did. I couldn't make that one. So it would have been a different vibe, I think, watching it in the cinema, of course, which is always good. Um but yeah, you you saw it at the BFI this one, didn't you?
6: Yeah, it's going. To, it definitely is a different vibe because, excuse me, I um, I was thinking this when rewatching it over the last couple of days. Um, you know, I'll get to my thoughts on on the story and stuff. But yeah, you know, when I come out of the bit of we're all like, wow, you know, amazing, all this sort of stuff, and and then rewatching it again, uh, I've definitely it, it it feels different. You know, when you haven't got that sort of group around you, and um, and the whole experience watching on the big screen, I think helps and all that sort of stuff so yeah i've got some got some interesting thoughts on this one cool in our review cool. but yeah. Uh, yeah it was good to see it at the bfi I must admit. and that's the first time obviously i've seen it because it was the you know the sort of premiere of it up until then it's just been like this seven part audio that uh, i listened to oh flipping ages ago <laughs> like it was uh you know that's the only way i've experienced it up till now yeah, yeah. cool i don't even know if there's tally snaps for this one i'm assuming there is, there but is I, somewhere i yeah. haven't watched them yeah
0: Yeah, there is somewhere. I think they had that on the on the original DVD release, didn't they? I think.
6: Yeah. Well, I was going to say I I know there's some cool little extras on the on the new release, and I didn't have time to watch them. Um, But I think there is tiny little surviving clips of this. I think there is. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, There's a couple of bits, isn't there?
0: Yeah. There's a few bits. It's just a shame that. Well, like any missing story, there's a shame that we don't have the uh, the full thing. Obviously, but. yeah, and I think you picked up the soundtrack to this, right? They did a really nice vinyl. Oh,
6: that's lovely. Yeah, they did yeah. a really nice um, one of those uh, sort of box set vinyls. Have mm. those really cool artworks on the front. Yeah, I picked that up. Um, that was one of the early ones, I think. It was. Um, mm. I've got that. It's really nice, actually. That. Yeah. yeah. Well, crackly vinyl. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that noise. <laughs> I know. I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah.
6: It's weird for someone that's sort of so I'm so finicky about anything like when i'm doing my videos i can't stand it if there's like a noise outside or <laughs> next door's dogs barking i'm like oh god like you know everything has to be pristine but i love the sound of vinyl Like it's just crackle and pop and yeah or not too much though i saw like a lot of people um, are moaning about that amazon have got this gold vinyl release of the new bond soundtrack and every single review is like yeah it looks great but it sounds like uh, snap, crackle and pop because like, <laughs> apparently it's really bad. So not too much pop, but yeah, yeah just a nice little crackle. little mm. Yeah, something very comforting about it. It's yes. awesome, yeah. Even mm. when
0: some modern songs have used it as a sample at the beginning of a track for a yeah, few seconds. Yeah. I know it's fake, but it still sounds good. I love that. <clears throat>
6: That's right. So yeah, imagine putting if they've sampled it, imagine putting that on and having double... Double crackle. <laughs> <laughs> Double crackle. you got the sample and the reel. Could tell the difference, yeah.
0: Yes. yeah. So I think since last week, we've had very quiet Doctor Who weeks. I know you haven't done anything, dude. You've been busy. Um,
6: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, even getting these seven episodes rewatched uh, was quite tough. I was literally um, only finished this last night. So, yeah, been quite busy week. Yes. Haven't really done anything Who-related.
0: Yeah, same. Oh. Uh, same for me. Um, one thing that um, uh, I do want to mention, a shout-out to another podcast, so uh, – The Doctor Who Show. There are
6: other podcasts?
0: There are, surprisingly, yeah. What? There is a a very cool podcast, uh, which has been around for a long time, The Doctor Who Show. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Our Dan Under buddies. Hmm. And uh, Rob runs another show alongside their main one called Primary Sources, which is very cool, where uh, he basically picks an old Doctor Who magazine from the classic years and invites people on to talk through the letters that listeners or, or viewers sent in at the time which is very cool so we, he invited me on this was a couple of weeks ago now but it's only just come out on his uh, on their show but go and check it out we it, it, we talk about some letters that were sent in at the end of mccoy's era or towards the end of mm. uh, for doctor who magazines so that was very good so thank you very much robert the doctor who show for having me on uh, just do a search for the doctor who show it shows up in all the podcast apps and stuff so that was very cool Let's go and check that. Out. And the only other thing I've done, well, not really done, but um, I pre-ordered this book. I don't know if you remember, dude. It's called The Long Game. Oh yeah,
6: I was. I want to get this. Yeah,
0: yeah, by Paul Hayes, and it's um, it dives into the that period of time between the TV movie finishing up and the, mm. the show coming back in two thousand and five, and it dives into uh, basically you know the behind the scenes at the BBC bringing the show back and and all the challenges and. And all the stuff that went for that. So that arrived yesterday morning, which is very cool. It's a really cool little book. A lot thicker than what I was expecting. It's by the um, it's by the same company, the same publisher. Sorry, that did the really good Wurzel Gummidge book. Yes, a year or uh, so Ten ago.
6: Acre Films. Uh, is that what they are called that's Ten it. Acre Films? Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. I'm going to dive into that at the weekend. See what that's like, and I'll give you our, I'll give you my thoughts on that once I finish the book. But yeah, looking forward to that, too. So That's the only sort of Doctor Who things we've done outside of, of recording stuff. So. Yeah, quiet really.
6: Mm, let me yeah. know your thoughts on that book. Cause, yeah, because I that, I want to pick that up. I did. Uh, I've got my eye on that because it's just sold out. But they're doing another run. They're doing a second printing of it. And uh, yeah, it sounds really good. That quite intrigued by that whole hiatus period and how the show is brought back. Sounds pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you don't really hear yeah. about too much of that. I guess you call it the dark times. It's a bit. You know, it's similar to <laughs> um, it's similar to Star Wars between when the uh, the original trilogy finished. And when the prequels came back, you know they had that whole, you know, years and years of no official f- movies coming out, but they they filled the gap with like loads of cool books and games and everything. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who's similar to that, where they still kept all the all the novels and books rolling within that time, and Doctor Who magazine and audio stuff. So there was stuff going on, but we just didn't have any proper quote unquote content from the BBC. So you always there's loads of. um books and documentaries that you can watch around the making of the TV movie. And then there's plenty of stuff that you can read about the 2005 comeback, but not a lot about that in-betweeny bit. Hmm. So looking forward to diving in and seeing what the, uh, what the suits at the BBC were thinking and, and, uh, and bringing the show back. So, yeah, we'll report back.
6: Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds blooming good, that.
0: Yeah. So before we crack on with the news and then on to our review... Uh, if you are coming uh, back to listen to our show then welcome back one of the grizzled ancients if you've just found us if this is your first time listening then welcome aboard the TARDIS it's great to have you here remember to follow this podcast on whatever podcast app you get your podcast on that way you won't miss a show when it lands every single Friday Uh, hop over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can also listen to all the episodes over there all for free there's also links there to go off to our social accounts we're on instagram twitter and facebook So give us a like and a follow as we chat Doctor Who over there. You can also read all of the uh, reviews and articles and all that stuff from our writing team. Great stuff over there. Go and check that out. And we have a free Discord server as well. So there's a link on the website. Hop over and sign up and come and chat Doctor Who with other Who fans over there. And lastly, of course, it'd be remiss of me not to mention my (laughs) co-host YouTube channel. It is the amazingly mega popular the Geek's Handbag.
6: <laughs> oh, I wish. i tell you what, I'm working on a cracking video at the moment. I can't wait to, to get it a released. Cracker. Yeah, Yes, so I've only just started filming it though, so no, me, it'll probably be this time next year. But uh, no, wait, it's got to be out in the next couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it'll be out of date. But uh, yes, it's, uh, it's a good one.
3: It is a very
6: good video. Yeah, yes. so yeah,
0: go and check out my channel. So The Geek's Handbag. Search it on YouTube. Give Adam a subscribe and like some of the vids over there, some cool stuff. And he's on the socials too, under the same name. So... Now that you've paused the podcast and you've gone and done all of that now we're going to uh, get into this wee bit of news so let's hop in the and do that So series 13 is almost upon us dude Yeah I know I know it's finally here Yes so if you're listening to this podcast on launch day, I guess you could call it, uh, on Friday the 29th, then we are literally just over two days, 48 hours away, whatever, mm. which is good. Last week we spoke about the announcement for the episode one title, which was, um, uh, was it, Halloween, the Halloween Apocalypse? Or Apocalypse <laughs> yeah, of it, the Halloween thing? Halloween Apocalypse, yes, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. We've now got the episode two title.
6: Hit me with it.
0: So, the Potato Heads, dude. <laughs> They're clearly the focus for episode two, and the title is War of the Santarans. Ooh. And I should probably say, we should correct ourselves a little bit, that because this is a six-story single arc, the BBC have labelled these as chapters. So this is chapter two. Chapter two, Which right. is very trendy these days. A lot of Netflix shows and everything, they all do this chapter- or book of, you know, it's not, you know, mm. who wants to, who wants to view TV shows as episodes anymore? Eh?
6: Oh, so yesterday. So yesterday. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so November 7th, which is obviously not this Sunday, the Sunday after. And we can assume, rightly or wrongly, we don't know as yet, that it's going to go out at the same time as episode one, hmm. which is six twenty five. something like that. Yeah. So what do you reckon, dude? The old Centurans are back. Uh and the the title is quite intriguing. So War of the Centuran. So that insinuates that uh something big is going down with the whole uh mm. the old potato heads. And yeah. so that picture <laughs> they released yeah. a couple of pictures and you mentioned it earlier before we recorded that <laughs> the one where um uh where the Centauran on the horse, his face <laughs> looks really funny. It's like he's <laughs> been whacked with a massive boxing glove right <laughs> in the middle of his face. But
6: you up for this, yeah. dude? Yeah. Sontarans? Yes, I am. I am up for it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like the look of the new Sontarans. I think the, so he have gone away from the sort of shiny metallic blue, um, from the, is it the Moffat era or Artie era? Anyway, those guys. And, uh, yeah, this is a sort of much more battle armor and, um, the, the sort of masks that they've got now remind me a bit of this more of the classic era. Um, yeah, the face is quite funny because he looks really grumpy, and I don't know why they're riding a horse. Not sure what that's about, but but uh, yes, I like the look of it. I'm 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 intrigued, and uh, you know, what's it called? War of the Santarans. Correct. Yeah, I mean that suggests action and excitement, doesn't it? So um, yeah, I'm quite quite looking forward to this. I mean, I like the Sontarans anyway. You know, this they've had some great stories throughout the. Doctor Who's tenure, Um, and they've had some not good stories as well. I know a lot of people feel like they've become a bit too comedic at times, I think mainly due to Strax and the way he was written, even though I find it quite funny for the most part. But I I do get why people would like to see them back a bit more, sort of kick-ass, and these look like they are going to be like that. We'll see, but um, yeah, I'm excited for this, mate. What do you think? What do you you reckon? What do you reckon to the mask? (laughs) Because a lot of people have been a bit... Mask. Um unsure about the
0: mask. I think they look pretty good. Yeah, it does look pretty sweet. I like that they've kept it fairly um uh they they've kept it true to the the classic stuff. You know, they haven't altered it too much. Uh which is good. Um it does look a little bit I don't know, I think just because the way this uh the actor's face and the way they've put it on his face, it looks mm. a bit baggy. That makes sense. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but it's not that's that's probably not a bad thing, it's all good. Uh, I think it's cool. I'm more intrigued to see how the Chibnall era, Chibbas specifically, has handled Centaurans because mm. back in the classic years, they mm. were they were um, very serious and up for it and there was no joking around. And then in the RTD era they were, and the Moffat era, they were a bit more comedic. Yeah, definitely. I'm yeah. not just talking about Strax because that was very on-the-nose comic relief. I'm talking about just them in general in the episodes that they were in. They just seemed a bit more um yeah not not as serious and and as much as, as as threatening as they were in the classic years so it'll be mm. interesting to see how chibbers handles these if he goes back to that very much uh, you know they mean business or if it is a bit more light-hearted and you know a bit more comedic so yeah can't wait dude can't wait so it's really it's it's exciting isn't it when we've got new who just round the corner mm. and the hype train's getting a bit faster all the time and yeah yeah it's gonna be good 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 good
6: I was I can't remember the Santaran's name, but do you remember so long ago? But we watched that Sarah Jane episode, which had a a new Santaran guy in it, and I remember we both liked him. We said he was he he, he had a good balance between quite comedic but also quite scary. Um, I don't know if RTD wrote that episode, but uh, yeah, he was a good Santaran, and we yeah. had Stahl uh, from you know from the Tenon era, or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I think that was um that story was the last Santaran. Yeah, I remember we liked that one, didn't we?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it was Karg. That's, That's it. it, Karg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
6: seem to remember we liked Karg. Karg. Yeah, <laughs> so. Mm. What are you what are your, at the moment right now with the trailer and and the promo pics? I mean, gosh, we we've gone from nothing to about a million promo pics, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> but it's uh it's been yeah, I I I'm amazed how many pics have been released by the BBC. Uh, just in the last couple of days, they seem to be really throwing out the promo pics. Um, at the minute, it's as if it's like Chris Chibnall's uh, dropped his suitcase and all the pictures have fallen out, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh no, no one's supposed to see all these promo pics we've spent hours taking." Uh, so yeah, it's amazing how much how many pics we've got recently. So where are your excitement levels right now for Dot Two? Because you know, it's a couple of days away as we record that we're going to get near here where where are your excitement levels are you hyped are you sort of thinking yeah yeah well are you up for it or are you just like well it's on sunday where are you (laughs) i'd probably say i'm about 85
0: percent. oh that's pretty good excited yeah
6: that's pretty good yeah yeah
0: i think the thing that's that i'm most looking forward to dude is to not have this um it, it, it feels like it's all in, if that makes any sense. So with the past mm-hmm. two series, Chibbers is floated in between writing the odd episode, which hasn't gone down too well for us, you know, in our opinion. Yeah. And uh, and it's been littered with other writers and some other writers have done a great job and everything. I feel like this one, Chibbers, is, because he's wrote all of it and he's only had a guest writer come in for some of it, I feel like he's just gone all in one huge story. And Mm -hmm. with these chapters, so that's I think that's what's intrigued me and got me excited the most out of everything. Yeah. In reality, I suppose it should be the Doctor and um, you know some of that stuff. So I'm not sure about I'm not sure how Jodie's going to come across just yet. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But I am excited, dude. I'm definitely excited to see what they do with it and and uh, everything that they've done in the in the marketing stuff. Which you're absolutely right has weirdly all just come really late in the day in one huge mm. big and there was some <laughs> something floating around on on twitter or um, on one of the um, message boards in the last couple of days that um some of the episodes are still being edited now oh really yeah um so i think they're still tweaking it and you know fitting oh, really against stuff. the clock yeah yeah so um so yeah it, it's obviously all hands on deck and like i said was just like all in like i'm just going to do this one huge thing so we'll see if it pays off or not. But um, I'm around 85%, dude. What about you?
6: Yeah, no, I'm, I've am i gone from about sort of not really having any excitement to being quite excited, to be honest. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to Sunday. Um, I love it when we've got New Who to review as well. It's just quite exciting to have something fresh uh, that we've both never seen before and get our opinion on it. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to reviewing it next week as well. But, so yeah, my excitement level's are about 80% at the minute, which is about the same as you. So I'm... Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah, that's
0: cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Let's put series thirteen out of our minds for a second. Then. Oh,
6: actually, just bring Ooh. it back for one second because i just remembered something. Have you seen the the clip of Dan? They released a, a tiny little clip of Dan answering the door and telling his mate not to throw eggs at him. Did you see that?
0: Yes, the little trick or treat.
6: Because that's the first yeah. glimpse we've got of Dan. Um, I thought, he, immediately I thought, oh, actually he seems quite fun. I do feel like he's going to be the sort of light relief uh, character, you know, which we thought he would be. But um, acting-wise and just the way he delivered the humour, I thought was pretty good. So that, again, has got me, uh, you know, it's a little bit of relief. I think, okay, he looks like he could be good. Um, What did you think?
0: Yes, I was talking about this with some people on the Discord last night, actually. Oh, yeah. And because, yeah, somebody brought up that clip and... The more I thought about it, and I've watched that clip a couple of times, I think, do you know what? I think Dan is going to be very much along the same approach that they took with Donna, I think. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to have that very grounded, down-to-earth approach about things. He's going to throw in some humour when needed. And obviously, well, I say obviously, it doesn't look or feel like, from the stuff we've seen yet anyway, that he's going to be gushing over the Doctor every five minutes yeah yeah and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I think it's gonna I think it's gonna bring a lot of Donna Noble vibes to the story, I think that would be
6: good. yeah. a lot of people mentioned in Segan's music uh, he's getting a bit of a battering on Twitter saying the music didn't fit the scene because it's quite a comedic scene, and the music was really sinister and it was kind of one note again. and people were like, you know, oh, Segan's not mm. doing the music. but then it's a, a lot of people point out like out of context. We, you can't really tell because that music could be, it could be building up to what happens at the end of the scene. So it could just be that they've taken the scene out of context. But I, I see what they're getting at. It's like, it's a funny scene, but you've just got Segan's really serious music in the background. It doesn't really fit. But we don't know, as I said, we don't know what the scene's building up to. So, mm. you know, it could work in, in the overall episode.
0: Well, yeah, I think context is really important there. Mm. I think you have to see the whole thing... And the build-up, but having said that, I'm not sure I agree with that, dude. I mean, that could be no. the case, but there's been there's been countless thousands of times in movies and and TV shows where, in order to enhance the comedy, you go the other way with the music, and the same yeah. with same with like horror films and action films where they do this thing where someone's being murdered or there's something bad going on, but there's some funny, sort of upbeat, light-hearted music playing in the background. I know film. what you mean. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you flick the switch sometimes and at times, that can actually enhance what you're trying to do.
6: Yes, I get you. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. We'll see. We will yeah, see. We'll see, definitely. Mm.
0: Hmm. Got me intrigued, that one now.
6: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, roll on Sunday. Right, let's put it out of our minds for a minute.
6: Okay, let's, let's put it out of the, out of the, the back, yeah. Yeah,
0: because we're on to some trout and stuff now. Dude, Trout and story number whatever from his first series, I think. I think it's his first series. Yeah, so what are we doing, no. dude?
6: So, yes, uh, we're on to, yes, the newly released, newly animated, (laughs) The Evil of the Daleks.
4: We are all of us the victims of a higher power, a power more evil and more terrible than the human brain can imagine.
7: Creatures burst out of the cabinet, invaded the house. They've taken my daughter, Victoria. Victoria. They ordered me to steal a box belonging to you and thus lure you into a trap and transport you here. What do they call these creatures?
8: Doctor!
7: Do whatever it is they ask, I beg of you. My daughter's life is in your hands.
8: We have your time ship! We will
4: destroy it unless you help us with an experiment! What experiment? Do not question! I will not be your slave! Doctor, I beg you! Forbidden sleep, let me go! when you
8: are told to speak! Where is your companion? He is the human being who is to be tested. Obey the Daleks.
0: You are in our power. Obey. Mm. Obey. Those pesky Daleks. Cool. Pesky. Hmm. So, yeah, this is uh, series four. So, Troughton's first series. I think it was the last one. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? that first bit. Yeah. So, he's had one, two, three, four, five... Six episodes before this one to find his feet. And we will come on to whether he was, we feel he was successful in that at all. But uh, so, The Evil of the Daleks was first broadcast back on the 20th of May, 1967.
6: Blimey.
0: It's seven parts.
6: Mm.
0: And it was, and it wrapped up on the 1st of July in 67. It was written by David Whittaker, directed by Derek Martinus. Martinus, Martinus. And stars Patrick Frouton, Fraser Hines, and Deborah Watling. And the synopsis is the Daleks Draft, the second Doctor, uh Doctor into distilling the human factor in order for them to understand why they have always been bested by humans in the past. Once implanted, it will make the Dalek race invincible, supposedly. Jamie's faith in a Doctor is stretched to the limit, as the Doctor appears to be collaborating with the Daleks. The Doctor has a few tricks up his sleeve, though. Uh, but then again, so might the Daleks. Mm. Don't they, always? Don't they mm. always? So the pesky Daleks, as you put it then. What do you reckon to, mm. to the evil
6: of the Daleks? I've got to be honest, I'm so intrigued to hear what you think of this, because... Um, this story has, is a bit of a holy grail, isn't it? Like people really hold this up as a absolute belter. It's one of the best Dalek stories, the Dalek story to end or Dalek stories and all that sort of thing. Um, so it's got a lot to live up to. And I'm, I'm really intrigued to hear whether it did that for you because um, up until now, obviously we've only had the audio and I, I listened to the audio a long time ago and, and thought it was good and, um, And then obviously we got the animation and went to the BFI to watch it. And when we come out of that, we were saying how good it was. And we'll talk about the animation itself a bit later, I'm sure. But um, it is, yeah, it's definitely uh, one of the best animations we've had in in a while. Um, But the story itself, so at the BFI, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was, you know, brilliant. And we were all gushing about it when we came out. And I was like... Uh, yeah, the animation's really brought it to life because, you know, listening to it on audio, you can sort of try and to piece together what it would look like in your head and now we can finally see it and uh, there are scenes like when the Doctor's ride in the Daleks, which is really funny and it's great to be able to actually see that rather than just hear it. So it's brought scenes to life and I was really quite impressed with it and I was like, yeah, it's as good as I thought it would be. And then I'm watching it again over the last couple of lights. So I watched it uh, two, two, and three. And um, I've got to be honest, although I like it and enjoyed it, I I did get to the end of it and feel like it is good, but it's not, I, I do feel it's a bit overrated. Like, it's not like the most amazing Dalek story. And I think if you talk to a lot of people, they really hold it up in high esteem. And uh, that's not to take away that it is a good story. And, uh, I, and I think one of the things that really elevates it is the Emperor Dalek. I think that, that's why a lot of people love it, because he's so awesome, you know, when the Emperor Dalek comes into at the end, and it's it's really iconic. Um, so I think it's good. I really think it's a good story, and I like it. But I, I, I have to be completely honest and say that watching it again last night, um, it's it is padded seven episodes. You know, I was finding myself getting quite bored in places. Like there's a lot of repetition. There's one bit where the Daleks talking to Victoria. And I remember thinking this in the BFI, I don't know if they just use the same animation clip or if it's just a scene that repeats, but I wasn't sure if that was a mistake (laughs) at first. I was like, is it just repeated a scene? So there, there is a lot of, um, scenes like that where they go out of a room, they go back in the room, then they go back to the same room. Um, it, it definitely would have benefited, I think, from being a four or, or six-parter. It it does feel way too padded in places uh, for me, um, which is why I'm saying I consider it to be a little bit overrated because I just think seven episodes is is too long for the actual story itself because it's good once we get into the heart of it, like what the Daleks are trying to do and, and all the stuff that happens after that. But, uh, yeah, what, re-watching it again yesterday, if I'm honest, I've got to be honest, there was, a, there was a bit too much um, uh, repetition and... Uh, although I got to the end of it and still thought it was good, I it wasn't as quite as good as I remembered, if you know what I mean, cool. from the BFI experience, you know, watching it just by myself, it just felt like, yeah, there's a lot of padding in this, actually. So I I think it's good, but maybe a little overrated.
0: Hmm. Overrated, eh?
6: Yeah, only because it, it is upheld by so many fans. It's like this amazing story. Like, people really love this one. And I, I do get why to an extent, but... I don't know. I don't think it's all that. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, like it is good, but it's not. Like I wouldn't put this up there with Remembrance or Genesis. I would I would prefer those stories over this one if I'm honest. Even Power I think might be better than this one in my opinion. Okay. Interesting. Mm, yeah. But that's not to take away the fact I do think it's a good story. Yeah. No um, I
0: agree with you on that dude. It's uh it's a it's a very good story. It's a very good story. It just doesn't suit seven parts. Is my issue?
6: Can I just quickly ask what what were you expecting before you watched it? Because obviously, you you must be aware that fans absolutely love the story and rave about it and stuff. So, did you go into it with quite high expectations or or not?
0: I, I did in a way, yeah, yeah, I did in a way, yeah, yeah. because uh, because I've spoken to a f- so many people that think it's a, like you said, it's they it's it's held in high regard, mm. um. Yeah, I sort of naturally went in thinking, okay, this is obviously going to be a, a, a really good one. Mm. Um, but I, I do think it's good. It is a good story, definitely. It's good, but I wouldn't say it's the best Dalek story from the classic era, and it's certainly not. It certainly has its pacing problems. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, why? It's an, It's another one of those things where this could have quite comfortably, really comfortably, been a four-parter, let alone seven. Mm, yeah you know and um but i get why they would you you do understand why they why they did extend some of these parts in the in the classic year to like six and seven parts and stuff because you have to fill out your recording blocks and you can't it's probably better to extend a story by a couple of parts rather than uh have people in and have to write a whole nother story to put in the series and all that stuff. So I, I get it. I get it. But um, mm. yeah, it's uh, it's definitely very. It, I felt just because I did this. I think this did. I did three and then four. Mm. I think it's the way I watched it. And then when I got to the end, I felt like wow, that was a that was a slog. <laughs> mm. I felt I felt at the end, um, uh, not so much boredom. I don't think, but more just, um, it. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a word to describe this, and it's a mixture of. Boredom, overrated. Good, not as good as what people I think say it is long, but not too. Do you know what I mean? There's, there is a word out there, mm. I'm sure that would describe it. But um, I just, I just didn't think afterwards. Write that to now a ten out of ten Dalek story. Mm. You know, so yeah, it was good, just a bit long.
6: Yeah, because there, there were moments I was watching it where I was thinking, I wonder what Gary's making of this because um, I, I'm assuming. Have you ever listened to the audio soundtrack of it? No, no. You see, because I had, I kind of, you kind of know what to expect. Um, even though, as I said, the animation brings it to life. But if I hadn't heard the audio, if I was going into this blind, but having, but, but being aware of like how highly regarded people think this is, like you know, people really rave about this story. I've got to be honest. I think if I was completely going into this blind, I would have been disappointed because I'd be thinking there, there's a lot of build up, and the Daleks are apart from sort of towards the end, they're not in it that much, which is quite, you know, quite often happens in Dalek stories. You know, they're not in it really until sort of like midway through the story properly. um, Although they make the odd appearance. Um, So I think if I was going into this cold, I would have been thinking, what's the fuss about? Like there's so (laughs) much, like it's a really odd setting for a start. You know, it's sort of mostly in this weird old mansion or house or whatever. And the Daleks sort of keep going through this funny old cupboard to, you know, to get to wherever they're going and stuff. So it, it's an odd story, and it's certainly not what I was expecting, you know, when I first listened to this. So watching it, I think I would have felt the same thing, uh, if that makes sense. I would be mm-hmm. thinking like, I don't know, if someone says to you like, "Evil of the Daleks," oh, it's the most amazing, brilliant Dalek story. Oh, I can't believe it's missing for the archives. Oh, well, you know, it's such a travesty. You're expecting like something really epic. And this story really takes its time. It just, you know, it just plods along and the Daleks come in and they're doing a bit of experiments. And there's some, don't get me wrong, there's some really interesting stuff like the Doctor working with the Daleks. Troughton, it's interesting that it's his first uh, series because he does feel a bit different in this, like in a good way. He's like, you know, he's really having a bit of a blow up with um, poor old Jamie. (laughs) A couple of times he has a Doctor really lets loose and it's not, Often we see the doctor getting crossed like that. The second doctor, sorry, I should clarify, mm-hmm. not the doctor, the second doctor. Mm-hmm. It's not often that we see him really losing his rag, <laughs> like he does <laughs> with poor old Jamie in a couple of these scenes. And it's, I think that I mean that in a good way. I think it's interesting to see that side of the doctor because it makes you feel like he's under pressure, and you know we don't often see him go get so cross so you know there's lots of good stuff going in it's interesting to see him working with Daleks this whole idea at the time as well I think would have been interesting that the Daleks are trying to get the human factor which did then of course remind me of um, Daleks in Manhattan which we reviewed recently I think I'm glad we reviewed that only only a few weeks back because I don't know if I'd have made the connection uh, otherwise but that's quite a similar idea isn't it the Daleks trying to do something uh, like that. Um, But obviously, back then, this is a much more new idea. So I think it would have felt more fresh, mm-hmm. if you like. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of interesting stuff going on. And you get Victoria introduced, even though she doesn't really get to do anything, bless her. Um, yeah, and you've got Jamie having a bit of a punch-up with uh, Kemmel, which goes on for too long. Do you know what I mean? But there, there is some good stuff. Yeah, There's lots of good stuff going on. I do, I do like the Daleks in there. I think they're quite... They feel quite menacing, which is what I always want from a Dalek story. Uh, there's a good scene near the beginning where they sort of pop up behind that guy looking in the mm-hmm. uh, safe in the wall or whatever he's doing. That's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just so conflicted on it really. Like I, really I like it, it. but yeah. I think like what's the fuss about? It's just a good Dalek story. It's not this holy grail that, that it's made out to be.
0: Yes, no, I agree on. I agree with exactly that it's a bit of a conflict because on one hand in certain points throughout each episode it does feel like a really good well put together even watching it animated it still feels like it's a really well put together really good story Mm. but then it just gets uh, it very very quickly goes into this sort of down a few gears yeah very quickly and then it stays like that for 10-15 minutes at a time. And then something will happen and it'll be it. That's, that's good in a way. You know, it's natural, I suppose. You wouldn't want it to be sort of, you know, rocking at 110%, you know, all the time, it'd be exhausting. And, you know, that would be the opposite problem with pacing. Then it would just be too much. Um, but when it does go down, it's one of those things where it really goes down. Mm. Like it's really, um, like, and I think it's, I can't imagine what the the direction was like maybe well hopefully one day these will turn up somewhere um from a collector or something like that and we'll be able to see it but in terms of the the animation style that just by its very nature is static all the way through mm. so um we'll come on to the the animation in, in a minute um and what we feel about that but yeah so the story story wise stuff uh, there were some scenes where the daleks were really really well written and really good Uh, And that sort of flipping the coin, Uh, and they've they've explored this a few times in different stories, where about the Daleks um, having more of uh, a personality or having emotions and things like that. And when you have those three Daleks that have been implanted with the quote unquote human factor by the Doctor, they're absolutely hilarious. Like they're just such a they were done so well. And it's a really good, um, sort of like the antithesis of the, the regular Daleks, I suppose, especially the big emperor Dalek, who's just so badass, like just cutthroat, ruthless. He's brilliant, yeah. Really cool. Like th- that sort of stuff, th- the way they went from one end of the scale for Daleks being just completely evil, as the title of the story suggests, to the other end of the scale, where you've got these three Daleks, a bit like sort of school children in a way, and they've it's almost like what's happened to them has reset them back to that sort of adolescence and their sort of loving the world around them and this new sort of thing. And there's that hilarious scene, isn't there when the doctor jumps on one of them and he's being driven around. And-
6: I would love to be able to that- watch that for real. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I wonder if it's anything like the animation, because obviously they can only really guess uh, proximity mm. of what, what was actually shown <laughs> on screen, but I would love to be able to see that actual footage. Yeah. to see what they did. Yeah,
0: I think they start singing a song at one point as well. They have a little sing song and yeah, yeah. So, they, so in terms of the, how the story progresses from a bit of a hostage situation, but done in a in the, yeah, with a purpose, I suppose it's not just a baddie who wants money or anything like that. Yeah. They're they're doing it because they've been told to. The Doctor Daleks have said, "Look, you need to draft in the Doctor. You need to lure him in. You know, we'll take the Tardis and." You know, that'll bring you, you know, because they know that the Doctor's the only one that can successfully sort of execute the plan, I guess. Mm. So, you know, and the kidnapped daughter, which is, you know. So it, it it goes from that kind of simplistic story and it progresses quite nicely into a whole conflict between the Daleks. And and uh, there's a couple of wild cards as well, isn't there? The um the character, uh, Maxtable he's a bit of a wild card in the story because Hmm. um, you're not really sure, we'll come on to him in a bit more detail, but you're not really sure of his motives at some points. And then he obviously loses marbles towards the end and there's another character as well who is also being controlled by the Daleks until the Doctor removes the thing from his neck. Um, I think his name's Terrell. Was it Terrell? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it progresses like through that and then it sort of culminates... um, I know we normally jump ahead early so we're going to do it again anyway but the ending did you feel like the ending was another quick wrap up like we sometimes get with these long parts or oh, sorry yeah, I did. multiple parts like more than 4 um it does wrap up a wee bit quick I
6: yeah know. i think that's the problem isn't it you re- when you get the last sort of the second half of part 6 and part 7 when you're in the, you know, you you with the Daleks and the Dalek Emperor and all that stuff, you're thinking, "God, oh, I wish I'd brought this in a bit sooner." Because I'm surprised the Doctor didn't want to have a look in that funny cupboard. Like he's by it all the time, and surely the Doctor's curious nature would be like, "Why do the doc- Daleks keep going in here? What's in this room?" Um, I, I wish we could have got to that a bit sooner. Because, uh, like you said, I love the first couple of episodes. You know, I love all the stuff where the Doctor's uh, following the guy to the garage and he finds the matches. And uh, then they go to that funky sixties club, and him and Jamie are having a chan. All that stuff's great. And I, I, this is one of the things I love about early classic. Who is that? The Doctor uses his brain mm-hmm. to to solve things. Like in those scenes when he finds the matches, he sees that the matches have been teared out. So the from the left side, to so the guy must be left-handed. And then he re- works out where he will be because it's on the matches packet. Um, he realizes the guy. Who sends them? There was lying because his overalls are different and his clipboard's different. It's the doctor. It's a bit like the doctor being Sherlock, isn't it? He's noticing these little details to solve the mystery, Mm -hmm. and I really miss that in Doctor Who now. Like the doctor just waves the limb in Sonic around and everything's fixed and I, I miss the Doctor like the third Doctor used to make gadgets and you know the second Doctor was clever and picked up on things and you know uh, that sort of stuff I really miss from the Doctor's character the sort of cleverness that the Doctor has Uh, inside and I think that's you know what I loved about the beginning of this story was just the the second doctor being so blimmin awesome uh, and and trying to piece all the puzzle together so I love the beginning love all the stuff at the end but I agree it does wrap up um, too quickly and I feel like yeah if it had been sort of squashed together as a four-parter would have been so good you know you could have had that awesome couple of episodes at start big old massive Dalek battle at the end because the the Episode seven is brilliant, you know, and I I, I Mm. think that might be why so many people love this story because it really is great, the final episode, all the Daleks, like, kicking off and explosions, and it's it's a, you know, it's a good wrap-up. But, uh, yeah, it all just happens so last minute, doesn't it? So quick, yeah. And that's one of the, that
0: is one of the upsides or the advantages of doing that in animation because there's no way that they would have had the budget or anything to do that um like huge scale sets with everything exploding and just the whole Mm. um they just wouldn't have been able to have done that back in the day so um although like i mentioned we would obviously love to have them as the you know the original live action there are some upsides to doing that stuff animated like all the visual effects obviously are on point and Mm. you can you can bring the camera back and you can see a lot more of what's going on, which you'd, you'd be very confined to a small TV set. Um, but that last episode, as you mentioned, episode seven, that is pretty badass. It's like got loads of, like you said, it's all kicking off and there's a battle between mm-hmm. the, um, the, the, uh, what would you call them? The three Daleks at the doctor. Um, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Well, the, I
6: like, yeah. yeah. Those Dalek, Daleks. Omega and, uh, and the other two. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Alpha, Beta and Omega, yeah. So those ones, it, yeah. they um, they have a kick-off with the regular Daleks. The Emperor knows that, you know, something's not quite right. And he's like, right, you know, as, you know, typical Dalek fashion, it's like, kill them all, just, you know, exterminate. <laughs> um, yeah, and it goes nuts. And then you have that um, pretty heartbreaking scene where ball still obviously off his mind Oh, nut. he's lost it. Yeah, he's gone crackers. Yeah, and he pushes, um, uh, is it Camel? Camel, yeah. Kemel. Poor old Camel, yeah. Yeah, pushes him off the cliff, bless him. I know. I didn't like that. I thought he was no, a cool I character,
6: like Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I, I must admit. But again, it's all happening in the last few minutes, isn't it? It's like It feels like, oh, we've got to wrap it up now. Let's start killing off a few people. Let's blow <laughs> up the Daleks and let's get... <laughs> Get it done, but yeah, I must admit. It, it, but I guess that's—it's always good when you care enough about a character to feel, even an animated character. You know, its its its, uh, it's always good that you care enough when they die. And I—I I was the same. I was like, oh, not Camel. Oh, didn't want—didn't well, need—didn't want him to go off a cliff. Yeah, like Maxable. Yeah, push him off. <laughs> it's, it's unintentionally funny as well isn't it when he's going cow 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 just push him off the cliff but yeah not poor old camel no, and camel, uh, old yeah. victoria i mean him and victoria were, you know there's a few longing looks isn't there between <laughs> camel and victoria so she's probably heartbroken mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah but all that happens like we're saying though that all that happens in the
0: last 10 minutes really yeah um and it's quite a big consequence as well that you're I'm not sure how viewers would have taken this back in the '60s, um, even though we've already had a couple of Dalek stories under a belt at this point. The um, the the consequence of what's happened is pretty massive because essentially we're witnessing the edge of the uh, the end of the Daleks in this particular time pocket. Anyway, because the whole you know this whole big Dalek city, it's like basically burning to the ground on Scaro. It's like yeah, yeah. You know, we're witnessing the end of. Obviously, it wouldn't be that unfolds. It's you know. Absolutely not the end of the Daleks, but uh, yeah, it's like pretty big stuff happening. But like you said, it rushes it through in the last the last bit. So yeah, a bit of a quick wrap up as usual. Um, so in terms of story then, um, like I said, it sort of transitions into this hostage situation and we find out what the Daleks are about and they're in and out of the cabinet every five minutes and all that stuff. And then it progresses to these newer Daleks and then they, you know, a bit of a civil civil war scrap things towards the end and stuff um before we get on to the characters then the animation so there was a there was a lot of um there's there's always been this thing with with the the recently animated classic stuff where there's been a combination of different studios doing the animation for some of them and the quality varies between the stories like between the faceless ones the macro and and this one and the other one that they did. What was it? Um, Fury? No. What Fury that? from the yeah, Deep. Yeah, it's Fury, yeah. Fury from the Deep, yeah. Um, some fans really prefer some style of, of animation. Others just really, t- to the point where I've seen tweets of fans like, I just can't watch it. I cannot watch it like this. Mm. This one then, how did you feel about the animation on this one?
6: I, I Well, I I thought the animation was probably the best one we've had in quite a while. I, I was worried when this first got announced because... Because it's seven episodes, and because we know they only get a small budget and we know that they always push for time, I thought, oh God, you know, is this gonna be I hope this is good, because like this is one that people have been wanting for a long time, and it does seem like seven episodes is quite a mammoth task uh, t- to animate. But I have to say, I think, yeah, I think it's the best one we've had in quite a while, and thank God it is, because because the story is quite slow in places, especially in the middle, if this was the really clunky animation we've had from some other stories, like Fury for the Deep, I think it is. I've still... Is it Fury that I haven't finished? Yeah. There's one animation, I think it's Fury for the Deep, I've got to be honest, I haven't even finished watching it because I find it so stilted. Like the Mm -hmm. Doctor moves like a cardboard I think it's Fury I'm I'm thinking of. Um, If it was like that, this would have been, I would have found this so hard to get through, uh, all seven episodes, but I think they've really tweaked it. It's, it's still not perfect, but it's a very, it's really good compared to what we've had previously, or at least the last sort of few new releases, because I still love like the moon base animation. I think it's beautiful. And that was, that was quite some time ago now, but in terms of the recent releases for me, this is by far the best animation we've had. And thank God, cause seven episodes is a lot to get through. um, yeah, there's still a, a lot of static, stilted shots, but it does. The movements are really nice, and you can tell they've had more budget because we get sweeping shots of like the outside of the mansion. Like when I saw the BFR, I was like, oh, wow, that's really nice. And the Daleks look really good, you know. Um, yeah, and the whole movement and the character, you know, the facially, the characters look pretty good. Like Victoria's uh, a fairly good likeness. Um, I can't think which animation it was, but there was one where. Um Polly, <laughs> it looked nothing like Polly, and I remember um I remember that uh Annika wasn 't too pleased that the bFI she's like doesn't look anything like me uh so yeah, I think the animation's really good, um considering the budget and everything that these releases get. I think they've done a a really good job. You can tell they 've had more time and money um and I think it looks good it's it's definitely very watchable compared to some mm. Mm-hmm yeah
0: okay yeah i read you dude and did you watch this in black and white or color
6: <laughs> well i i always watch them in color i know i'm i'm very much in the minority like there's this there's this sort of uh snobbery between certain fans i've got a mate who's like oh i, I refuse to watch them in color no i always watch black and white it's, it's you know it's it's the sort of um what do you call it not tradition but it's the way it's supposed to be viewed. He always purist. tells me, and I, I totally, yeah, yeah purist, That's it, mate. Uh, I totally get that. I totally get why people would want to watch this in black and white. But no, I always watch the color. I just think they look so much nicer. Um, I'm just not. I'm just a fake fan, really. <laughs> uh, but it's it's nice to have the option. It's nice to have the option. And I, when I when I next watch this, I will watch it in black and white because it'll make it something different. Um, but no, I, I, I dived into the color. <laughs> I could already hear the boos and hisses from the other side of the podcast. You know, the people listening. Boo, hiss, <laughs> colour. <laughs> they showed it in colour at the BFI as well, by the way. So I probably should have watched it in black and white. What about you? What did you watch it in?
0: Um, I watched it in colour, dude.
6: Yay! Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah,
0: Definitely. Yeah.
6: both fake fans, good. We're both
0: fakies, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with with, uh, with watching it in black and white,
6: but... No, there isn't, no. And I actually, I do love black and white as well, which is what's ironic. I love uh, watching Doctor in black and white. I just, with the animations, um, I don't know, I just always watch the colour.
0: Yeah, no, Region. Mm-hmm. And um, I would agree, that I think the animation is very good on this one. They did a really good job on it. I still think that um, there are some portions of fandom that I think expect a bit too much from these animated shows because especially with um, episodes like this where, you you know, the number of episodes obviously increases the, the 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 more money needed and the more time to do them and stuff. So mm-hmm. we have to remember that BBC Studios is, uh, you know, it doesn't have an endless pot of Doctor Who money, you know, to do this stuff. There would be nothing better to do than if you were this way inclined to um, just throw a ton of money at it, and have like a real big, um, sort of real modern animated proper feel to it. A bit like some of the the newer Netflix animated stuff, like the He-Man thing that came out a couple of months ago. And, yeah. you know, they just, it looks amazing, like absolutely amazing and stunning. But the fact is the BBC doesn't have that amount of money. So you can only do so much. So although the animation's a little bit static and looks a little bit janky in places and it looks like, there are some scenes where it looks a bit like a PowerPoint presentation where the, the movement is very, very linear and stuff like that. Mm. But then there are other scenes where they've used some 3D work, like there's some exposition shots where it pans around the big man, uh, Maxibald's mansion and stuff. That's all done lovely in 3D and yeah. in all that. So you can tell that they're moving forward and um, they're, they're, they're doing more stuff with it. But there's got to be a bit of a glass ceiling, which is the, the funding of it in the time you know so the b will you know likely say you've got this amount of money to do it and it needs to be done by this time so in that case you've you worked with what you've got so i think they did a really good job with it and like you said there are worse animated stories uh, than this one so yeah i think this one's pretty good
6: definitely it's definitely a progression isn't it you can definitely see a progression in the um, animation style from from this from from previous ones uh, have you ever got round to watching the animated web of fear that they released uh, quite recently that was just episode three i just think three yeah yeah that was um, strange wasn't it that was the one that everyone slated <laughs> um but I, I i mean it wasn't great but i didn't mind it because it because it had movement to it i think that's the thing I'm not too worried about the likeness of characters and all that too much, as long as it's got movement in it and, and you know, and, and I find it watchable. What I can't stand is when, and I think that's my problem with Fury is there's so many shots where there was nothing happening. So it was just like, it wasn't even zooming out or it was just a shot of a room. And I was thinking, God, we've been on this shot for what feels like, you know, a minute now with nothing happening in it at all. No movement. It's really static. And the characters sort of move, very statically as well. So although people slated the Web of Fear one, I thought, well, at least it's got a bit of movement to it to keep keep you invested. Yes, but that, that's yeah. the one people really, you know, got their knives out for, wasn't it? Mm.
0: Yeah, true. And that, I think maybe it comes down to a little bit of artistic direction as well and some design mm. choices, because if you're the director of these things or the producer or both, whatever, I guess there is a question to ask yourself and fandom, which is, although we're using modern technology to animate this it's still an old classic doctor who story so do you try and emulate that whole low budget um production thing that they had to deal with at the bbc back at the in the day or do you just go all out and try and make it look like a modern animated thing so that i think there's a bit of a design decision to make um which is why it probably feels a bit slower and a bit more static in places even for an animated thing Um, because I think if you were, if you try to do, if you try to implement modern filmmaking, animated styles to it and stuff, you'd end up with something looking like a Pixar film to a degree. You wouldn't have that amount of money and time, but you'd end up with looking that was like, you know, the pacings just doesn't fit the tone of the story, I guess is the best way to put it. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting the old animated stuff. I mean, how many have they got left to do? I mean, there's what four or five stories, maybe six left to animate fully.
6: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I've got the Galaxy 4 um, BFI thing next weekend, actually. So it'd be interesting. I don't know if it's the same team, but I'd be interested to see how that compares because I think that's only four eps. Uh, I think it is anyway. But do you find it jarring having different animates as well? Would you prefer if they just stuck to one team? Because I I find it slightly jarring uh, because there is such a difference, I think, in the style. Like if you look at the Web of Fear Ep3 animation compared to this, they're completely different. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I find it a little bit jarring as well. I don't, I, I guess the reason for it is to try different companies and see which works the best, or maybe it's a budget thing. I don't know. But um, I kind of I don't know if I want them to stick to one or not, really. But because they might stick with one I don't think it's good, because that's the thing, everyone's got a you know, some people prefer certain animation, don't they?
0: Yeah, I think. I don't think it's too jarring because you're you're watching two completely different stories. Yeah, so, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really that doesn't really bother me to be honest, mate. It's um, yeah. And if you try and go down that road of making all of your animation consistent look and feel, then you you run the risk of um, um, not allowing other studios or other animators to work on it and bring something new and fresh to other stories. You know, it's just going to be the same, same old, same old with every animated release. You know.
6: Yeah, well, as oh, I said, cool. yeah, I don't know if it's the same team doing Galaxy 4, but it'd be interesting to see uh, how that holds up next week. Well, just have interest, when did you last watch the moon base Because that really, I haven't watched it for a while, but that really sticks in my mind as being a nice, uh, well-animated. I remember really liking that. Uh, I might give that another watch, actually. The last
0: time I watched that was probably, oh, I don't know, I think I watched it when it was released. I've watched it since, you- yeah. What about you?
6: Yeah, no, it's a while ago, but I, I just, yeah, yeah I just remember really liking that that style. And I have no idea yeah. which company did that because I think that one of the it might even be the one that, you know the Wallace and Grubbit people that went past Hardman. or whatever. I don't know, yeah. it might have been then. Yeah, not sure, but yeah, that was a good one. But yeah, I'll um, I'll report back next week. Will I have been then? No, following week I'll I'll let you know about the Galaxy Four after I've seen it uh, at the BFI. Let you know what that's like. Galaxy Four.
0: Yeah. I'm quite looking forward to that one, dude. It's not really revered as a as a popular one, no, generally speaking, is it? But I don't know. There's something about it, something about that one that's that's in, that interests me. So.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember it being a particularly great story, mm. I'll be honest. Um but I like the what are they called? Chumlis? is that what they're called? The funny little robot thing is. Um only because as a kid I saw a picture of them in a book and for years wondered what the hell they were. <laughs> and uh, so I got a, I've got a bit of a soft spot for for those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Weirdly actually the the Dalek Emperor's head I noticed uh, in the animation looks a lot like a Chumli. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh yeah. It could even be made from that because you know they probably recycled bits of bobs from different uh monsters, and so yeah, I, I did wonder at that at time is that Chumley on his head? But anyway, Chumley, I, that's what they're called because uh, people, I know, yeah, Chumley's, Chumley's, I don't know, those <laughs> funny little robot fingers,
0: <laughs> Chumley Warner, Mr. Chumley Warner, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, before we move on to some characters, um. Just want to stick with the Daleks for a second. What did you think to the concept of um, uh, the Dalek Emperor then? Because it, we, at this point in in the show's run, I suppose, we'd already had a couple of books out at this point. So I think there was um, Invasion of the Daleks, which was um, part, I think it was, I think the Emperor was in part one and two of this book called The Dalek Book. All right. Originally titled. Yeah, And um, there was another book as well, which was like a, a slightly shorter book, I think, called Dalek Planetarium, where the mm-hmm. authors had put together this concept of this Emperor Dalek and stuff like that. And uh, do you think it works back in the... the because in the um, modern era of Who, where we've seen... Or even the McCoy stuff, like Remembrance, where we've seen, you know, like the sort of the big leader um, of the group, and then especially in things like Stolen Earth, where Davros comes back, but then we have the big old... Big ass Dalek Emperor and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, because you can expand the sets and you have got more money to big to build big models and stuff, and uh, and that it really works on screen. What did you think to the concept of that? Because you can obviously do, uh, and I'll finish the question in a second. You can obviously mm-hmm. do standard Daleks, or best the best way to put them, I suppose. In this one, we've got the black domed um, Daleks, and we've got the the children Daleks and stuff. But do you think the Emperor stuff works? Because I imagine animating it is fine you can create the scale and everything but live action back in the day do you think it works
6: yeah no i totally do i i've only seen well i've seen photos i have i swear i've seen a like a clip of it some surviving clip i'm sure i have um yeah i think he looks good uh and i, I always like the idea that it's kind of some higher and command Dalek, just overseeing everything. I quite I quite like that idea. I mean, and Davros is always my favourite. I always love it when Davros comes into it. So, but uh, no, I, I think it's interesting having different variations on the Dalek. Like, I like the special weapons Dalek in Remembrance, and I like it when they throw something new in there because uh, otherwise I think the Daleks could get a bit bit boring, really. But no, Emperor Dalek, he's, yeah, he's cool. I like him. I think he looks good. He's very sort of simple design as well, but it just I like it. I think they might have used him in uh, or something similar in the Ultimate Adventure. You know, the stage play. Because I went to see that as a kid. I'm sure he was in that,
8: <laughs> um,
6: okay. or a version hmm. of him. I hope I'm right in saying that. But yeah, yeah, no, Emperor Darling, Man. He's he's cool. I like him, he's and he's rocking. got a big booming voice as well, isn't he? Oh, like awesome, you know, he's, yeah. oh yes, he's got a really cool voice. Um, he's I, which makes him more scary, really. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's cool. Yeah. You liked him, right? Yeah, I love the
0: design of him in this one because they obviously tweak and change the design, don't they, as they go through the years. And and I, I'm sure there is some kind of um, lineage and thing around, you know, there's different types of Dalek Emperor depending on what, you know, era of Daleks we're talking about and all that stuff. But, but the, the particular design for this one, though, is very cool because what they've done by the look of it is they've taken, you know, the... You know the, the, the traditional Dalek design where around the middle you've got these series of like just vertical metal bars. Yeah. Um, it looks like they've taken those and just made like these um, they've they've tweaked the shape of them a little bit and they've put that around the top around the around the dome and they've made the, the balls on the side a lot bigger and stuff and and all these like um I'm sure this influenced one of the Capaldi stories. Um, but you've got all these wires and tubes that are coming off of it, and everything yes. and hanging around. Yeah. It does look really good. Like the production designers did a brilliant job, um, and there's some really good color photos that exist actually from from uh, from this story. All right, as well as black and white ones. But yeah, it's um, the design looks awesome. Really, really good. Yeah, I was going yeah. to
6: say, I agree about the wires. That's quite Davros uh, in that Capaldi epi had all those wires attached to it. Tubes, I mean, not wires, tubes attached to him. Yes. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that adds to the whole look. But I agree about the dome, that weird... Yeah, it's almost as if he's got his head on upside down, isn't it? They sort of turned the, I don't know, the, the Dalek head up. It, it does look good, I think. He, he does look quite impressive. He looks quite... Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I've just suddenly remembered the bit where Jamie comes in and says that famous line. He's like, look at the sides of that thing. But he does look quite imposing, doesn't he? Like, I think you'd be quite scared of him if you came face to face with him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, what was that episode? I think it's, um, uh, is it series? Uh, it's The Magician's Apprentice and then followed up by... Which is familiar. Which yeah. is familiar, yeah. yeah.
6: Two but, ridiculous titles. The Moffat must have been off his face when he wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> off his face
0: yeah more red wine Steve. smashed yeah um yes so i can't remember what series that was i think it was like series i don't know uh,
6: uh nine eight or nine
0: no eight. series nine i think yeah nine yeah yes uh, but anyway the, the the dalek emperor concept i love really really cool and the design is mm. awesome so yeah very cool stuff okay some humans then uh, what did you think to the two characters that we see at the beginning? It's a couple of London Barra boys just carrying out. Couple a couple of
6: London Barra boys, it.
0: Yeah, well, I'll do this job for you, mate, if there's a bit <laughs> of lolly involved. Of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those guys, they were fairly, you know, standard by the numbers, I suppose. You want a, a bit of a a bit of a handyman, as it, as, yeah. as it were. Yeah, they all right. Yeah, not too bad. Um, what did you think to the dudes that we see very early on then that... Um, that's uh, sort of running in the, the fake antique shop. Oh, what, Waterfield? Waterfield, yeah, Victoria's father. Yeah. He's in oh, it quite no. a lot, isn't he? He's, um, uh, yeah, Edward oh, Waterfield. Oh, yeah, is it her father? Yes, yeah. of
6: course it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting confused with Maxwell. Yes, yes, he is in it quite a lot. He sort of looks across between Dracula and... Um, and the Shelker doctor. Shelker, yes. It yeah. just reminds me so much of the show. It's just the sideburns, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah he's all right. Yeah, he's quite, <laughs> he's quite intriguing. I mean, it, yeah, he's sort of playing almost possessed, isn't he? Uh, for the most part, you sort of think he's got a chip in his neck or something. He seems really mysterious and stuff in the first episode, and keeps going into that room, and he's going to call the Dalek on the transmat, but then he gets interrupted, so he comes back <laughs> in the room and then he goes back and starts you know, operating the transmat again. Um but yeah, no, he's alright. He's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you kinda know he's gonna die because we know the Victoria joins the TARDIS and it's there's you know, there's probably a good chance he's not gonna make it. Yeah, uh so yeah. yeah, it's no surprise when he gets bumped off, but yeah he's all right it's it's difficult to judge a performance when you can't see the actual actor so you can only really judge him by the voice you know and the animation but yeah he sounds like he was given a fairly decent performance yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i think so and i think um he he uh portrayed in his performance a lot more of the um balance i think with the human side of things um yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whereas Maxtable was very, um, <laughs> uh, what's the word? Uh, almost Dalek, actually, mm. in his in the way that he delivered things and um, the way that his kind of motive for doing things. He's just out for the money, basically, the money and the power, right? Because um, this whole turning rock into gold and, and all that stuff. Um, so he's a bit more ruthless and a bit more, um, you know, even though he tries to come across as... Uh, a bit human there's a bit the scene with him and and waterfield actually where he's like why are you shouting at me why are you getting angry he's like i didn't bring these things here this is nothing to do with me and i've i've kept up my end of the bargain and told you what i was going to do and blah 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 so he's a bit more um uh uh and waterfield he's very much like people are being murdered basically he's really perturbed by that yeah. Uh so yeah, I, I liked the performance. And you're absolutely right. When I first saw him, I was like, that looks just like <laughs> the um you know the, Doctor. Yeah, you know the um the cover that they always use for Sharda Uh is it Sharda As well. There's that character, you know, um Oh, maybe think a different story. Yeah. I'm not sure it's short, yeah. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, the Shelker, um whenever they use that promo shot, I thought, wow, that's the same character. It's almost you know. It almost looks the same, but yeah,
6: yeah, it uh, definitely got a definite uh, vibe about him. Uh, it's fun, actually sorry. Just want so I remember. They keep mention They've mentioned a couple of times the Master as well, don't they? In this, and it's funny because the Master doesn't exist uh, in terms of you know it hasn't been invented yet in Doctor Who. So uh, it's quite funny when I think twice. They say the Master has sent me or something, and they even Jamie goes like the Master, and mm. it, it feels like an in joke, but it can't be because. You know they hadn't they hadn't invented the ma- they hadn't brought the Master into Doctor Who yet, but I quite like that. It feels like a sort of um, precursor to the Master appearing Doctor Who, even though he he was just a glint in <laughs> Terence Dix's uh, was it Terence and Barry that, Is it Row right, the Master? Yeah, you know just a glint in their eye at this point. But um, it's, uh, there's two scenes when the Master gets mentioned. Uh, I, so I like to think it was the Master, um, just a little timey wimey. In joke there
0: <laughs> the master. yeah it does feel like as they went the way that they say it as well and the way it's delivered it has that ominous tone to it
6: yeah right. even say it like that don't they the yeah. master the, the d- doctor says it like that doesn't he and <laughs> um, so that's kind of cool i mean that's just one of those little coincidences where it's not what we think it is but it could be so that's that's a nice little thing um just going back to what you said about the characters that made just before you move away from maxtable he's the one i feel like's giving the most in terms of performance, even just judging it from the audio, I felt like, uh, who's the actor, Marius Goring. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like Max Stable was uh, given a good performance on um, and was, was going for it. And uh, that's, you know, again, if I could actually see the real footage of this, I think he'd be the one that would be quite interesting to see. Um, yeah, yeah, Ward feels good, but he's more reserved. Max Dibble feels like he's going for it a bit. Mm-hmm. Like he get, you know, there's a couple of bits where he gets a bit angry, and uh, the bit where he's going, kill, 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 and he's possessed, you know, he's got the Dalek factor in him and all that. So, yeah, he's, the, he's out of the two. I think he stands out more, definitely. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: <laughs> and there's, um, there's some clips knocking around as well. Or if you've managed to watch episode two, which is the only live action uh, that survived when it was, um, I think, a private collector had bought mm. it at a car boot sale <laughs> along with episode three of the faceless ones weirdly yeah <laughs> and uh, if you look at any of those clips or there's also some behind the scenes footage knocking around as well which i think they put as a special feature on another story i can't remember which one but um yeah so there's a as a if you manage to watch any of the live action stuff then um uh, uh marius goring he's really intense yeah, in those scenes yeah it's um there's one where he's puffing away on a cigar and it's you know almost in the other actors faces and he's right up close to them and he's he's got one of those he's one of those quintessential old big boomy british voices and stuff um yeah and it's really intense to watch uh so um the animated style obviously is a bit toned down it's a bit more uh you know as you expect but yeah but good performance on him though yeah, really yes,
6: good. yeah, I felt like he, he was good, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, what did you think to, um, there was a couple of other people that were sort of knocking around the house a little bit. You had uh, she- Maxtable's um, uh, wife, I think it was, Ruth Maxtable, um, played by Bridget Forsyth. And, uh, uh, and then you had the maid that was looking after Jamie and stuff. And uh, she gets shouted at by Terrell. He really lays into her at some point because she's like, I can hear Victoria, you know, and he's, you know, you know, he's losing his mind at that point, you know, he's on the knife edge because he's being controlled, Um, you know, he's trying to fight it, and he's he's knocking him around a bit, but uh, those two are okay. Those yeah. two. Are okay, I
6: mean the maid's a bit like, Hello, sir, I get you a drink now and all that sort of stuff. She's she's all right. Again, I think she's given a a quite a nice performance in terms of the era this this was made, if you like.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, just expected, I suppose, is the what am you know, the the maid character is exactly what you need in that character. And then Ruth, she's a bit more of a you feel like there's something going on, but they never really explore it. I think she's mm. having an affair with, with Terrell, I think, because there's a Possibly. scene where she's like, you know, come on, let's leave, let's go away together. And he's like, no, I can't leave, something's going on. But it wasn't too bad.
6: Yeah, yeah, not too yeah. bad, yeah.
0: Uh, okay, what did you think to, um, Cam- uh, is it Camille or Camille? Camille, Kimble. I think, played by Sonny um, uh The strong silent type is what they were going for. I think they, in one scene where he's describing him, I think he's, I think he describes him as like a, I can't remember the exact word in basically a non-intelligent person. It's a bit of muscle that mm. can sort of do as he's told and, and get on with the job. And they, they, they put him in there to sort of trick Jamie, right. On face value. It's like, he's there to guard the house, but really yeah. they want Jamie to be able to break in and do all that stuff. Cause the Daleks want to use his DNA, you know, as like a blueprint, you know, sort of thing. So, uh, but then they end up being friends, don't they? They have a big old scrap, him and Jamie. Yeah, they have a big old ruckus, goes yeah. goes on forever, and then they become sort of buddies for a while. But uh, we can't really get too much on the animated stuff, but, you know, and he doesn't talk, obviously. Um, but a good character, though. A good kind of, you know, a cool kind of character.
6: Yeah, it's an, in- it's an interesting character to throw in to the mix sort of midway through the story. I- God, it needed it. It needed something. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Kemal. Uh it's really hard to judge whether the actor was good or not. Cause we can't see or hear him. Uh, but the, <laughs> I like the way he's been animated. I like, like the look of him. Is it something a bit different? Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's an interesting character. It's something a bit different. The fact he's a mute, uh, the fact that we think he might be bad cause he has a, to begin with, cause he has that fight with Jamie, but then we realize he's a good person at heart and he wants to rescue Victoria. So it's so, yeah, he's an interesting character, Keble. And, uh, as I said, it's always good when you like someone enough that you care when they die. In terms of characters on TV, so um, I definitely didn't want to see Kemal die, and it is sad. So yeah, yeah, he's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, same, same. It was sad when he died. Really sad. Yeah, because he had saved Jamie a couple of times with those booby traps in the house, and that's
6: right. Oh yeah, I forgot about all that. Yeah, yeah
0: saved his ass, and then for his troubles, he ends up getting pushed off a cliff. Pushed off a cliff. There we go. Yep. Right, main cast then. When I say main cast, Deborah Watling then as Victoria. Uh, Obviously not a companion at this point so we can't really Mm criticise for her not being given enough to do or not enough to do or just running around screaming. Um, She was a prisoner basically for most of it so uh, but there is a slight difference between how she is in this one to when she is a companion, because at the end she's effectively orphaned, and mm-hmm. you know she goes off with the Doctor and Jamie and stuff. And I think from um, the next series onwards uh, and the next story, which will be the Tomb of the Cybermen, right? She, um, she, she definitely has she jumps up a little bit in her confidence, like immediately as the as a companion in the next story. But in this one, she's just a bit. And this is not a bad thing, but just expectedly just a bit sort of flat.
6: Yeah, I was going to say, she she doesn't really get anything to do. And uh, the, I love Deborah Walling, but the, the character of Victoria was often written to be quite whiny, very, you know, screamed a lot and all that sort of thing. So it's, it's not really her fault. But yeah, she does really get a lot to do. But yeah. I, I, I like, you know, I like the fact they've introduced the character of Victoria. I love the fact the doctor uh, takes her under his wing, you know, when her dad's, Uh, dies and stuff um and there is a really nice scene actually which i'd forgotten about until i rewatched this last night there is a lovely scene between the doctor and victoria where they it's in the prison cell i think doctor starts talking about his home and all that sort of stuff and i thought oh that reminds me of the scene they have in tomb of the cybermen there's a bit where they have a nice little chat about family and stuff um so that, that was a nice scene between the two and when she gets scenes like that i think deborah's brilliant and her and pat you know i love the sort of the relationship between the two of them so yeah sadly she doesn't get a lot to do in this one but she it's weird because she is quite central to the story as well so yeah but yeah she's good i think you're right she does have better moments in in other stories yeah definitely yes
0: for sure yeah
6: yeah fraser
8: fraser's awesome
6: oh fraser's great and blimey poor old jamie i mean he gets knocked out Thrown on the chair. He wakes up, looks out the window. He's just getting himself, oh, I'll have a cup of tea. He made brings a cup of tea. Oh, that's better. I feel all right now. Turns around, gets clobbered on the head again, straight back to being like, I mean, he has it. And then the doctor's having a go at him and shouting at him. and, And then there's a sort of trust issue, which is really interesting, where Jamie's not sure if the doctor's, you know, been Dalek a Daleka find. so there's yeah Jamie I think Jamie gets some great moments of this and I can just imagine Fraser was uh, great in it because um, he, he he comes across really well just in the audio for the animation so um, yeah I think I think Fraser on top of his game in this one I think yeah, just, yeah he goes through the ringer a bit doesn't he
0: he does he's a straight shooter isn't he Jamie he says yeah. says it how it is and is not afraid to get his hands dirty and stuff yeah he has a cracking one again he's such yeah. a good companion you know Jamie he is really cool and uh he does go through it doesn't he so oh, those he things a scrap
6: with Camel. he's yeah. hit on the head twice yeah you know yeah. yeah as a ruckus with the doctor I means yeah it gets gets a lot lot thrown at him in this one mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah no complaints um uh, on fraser hines on this one as a no. he's really consistent fraser hines as the companion there's none of this like we have with some other companions where some episodes he's a bit whiny some episodes he's quiet other episodes, he's on form. He's on form ninety-nine percent of the time, isn't he? Fraser.
3: Yeah,
6: definitely. Yeah. yeah. He has a good one.
0: And then old Pat then. So Pat uh a, a pretty good range, I think, in this one, it's fair to say. He um Yeah. He gets really angry at some points. Gets angry with the Daleks. He gets angry with he starts to lose his patience with uh Maxtable and Waterfield when he's they take him back in time. He's at the old house and he just can't get a straight answer out of them. He's, he gets to the point where he's like, What the bloody hell is going on? And then his face just drops when he sees that Dalek come out of the cabinet. Mm. The cabinet of woe from Forbidden Planet. <laughs> One singular Dalek in the cabinet. <laughs> um, so when he sees it coming out and his face just drops and he's like, Oh, beep. You can see it in his face, like, you know. And then from that point on, he's got that. I know they obviously wouldn't have known about this at all at the time, but it's some really good um, happy accidental foreshadowing for McCoy's character. Because there's a few stories where Ace gets really miffed with the Doctor because she's like, you know, the Doctor's a bit scheming, goes a little bit dark Mm. and a bit, you know. And Troughton's like that in this one. Yeah. The way he's been written, you know, which is the whole reason why that relationship with with jamie and the doctor is tested a little bit because he's like what's going on is he in cahoots with the daleks is he setting Mm -hmm. me up is he whatever and and trout plays that brilliantly even animated but it's just his voice the way he you know the way he it's just brilliant yeah so uh and a really good one for jamie but another great one for for trout and the doctor in this one
6: Mm, that's a good comparison with McCoy that I hadn't really uh, put two and two together, but yeah, that's uh, that does make sense. Yeah. It's that thing of that. There's this side of the doctor that comes out now and again that we, we tend to forget about or ignore. And uh, I suppose, like you said, it's, it's uh, the second doctor's first season. Uh, Jamie, he's still fairly newly regenerated. So Jamie's still a bit unsure of him probably at this point. Um, so when the doctor does start acting a bit weird, you can imagine that he's, not hundred percent sure whether he can trust him. Um, it, it's really interesting to see the second doctor written like this. It's, um, it's one of the highlights of the story for me is, is, is seeing the doc, a different side to the second doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's a bit like that in Moonbase base you know, now and again, but yeah, to, to see him getting so cross to see him working with the Daleks, to see this slightly manipulative side, uh, when they're doing the experiments with Jamie without Jamie realizing, um, mm-hmm. It, it's it's definitely uh, an interesting take on the second Doctor that we don't see very often, and it really um, elevates the story, I think. Yeah, but Pat's brilliant. He really, when he's shouting, God, I'd love to, again, I'd love to be able to actually see those scenes for real, because you can only, the animation gives you an idea of what's going on, but really it's the audio, and you can tell that Pat's really going for it. Mm. You know, he's not holding back. Um, so, yeah, great performance from Trouton once again. Yeah, very mm.
0: good stuff from those two. Sure.
6: Yes, they work brilliantly together, don't they? Uh, Chowen and
0: Heinz, uh, Fraser. Brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if there's no other characters you want to mention, dude, what do you reckon to the music then from Dudley Simpson?
6: Well, it it's nice. It does get a bit repetitive, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it starts off, you think, oh, this a nice little, you know, 60s little vibe, and it's got that slightly creepy sound to it, you know, early horror film. But yeah, by episode seven, when he's still doing the same sort of thing, it's a bit like oh god, yeah, it gets a, it gets a bit monotonous. But it's all right; it's not bad. There's worse music in Who. There
0: is, yeah, and uh, I agreed immediately then with you that it it does. It almost sounds like stock music. It sounds like. Um, I,
6: I thought it was actually until yeah. I saw it was it was Dudley. Yeah. Yes,
0: it's not terrible, but it's just not. I don't think it's Dudley's best. It's um.
6: No, definitely not. Yes, it's okay.
0: It's okay, right? Anything else you want to mention, dude? Before we, uh,
6: just one last thing. Just wondered if you spotted there's quite a few little Easter eggs in the animation. well um, there's one that I completely missed uh, at the BFI, and everybody was talking about it. Uh, they were like, "Oh, did you see the weeping angels on the on the shelf in the mansion?" I'm like, "No," and then I oh. so I specifically watched out for them uh, this time. And yeah, they're so obvious. <laughs> they're like they're they're in quite a few scenes. They're just on the. Um, you, you know, in the mansion, you know, where Jamie's knocked out and all that, the fireplace, the mantle, fireplace, mantle. Oh, yes. There's yeah. two, like, uh, I think they're meant to be candlesticks or something. There's two, like, weeping angel statues oh, on, right. the, on the, yeah, which I, I totally went, missed the first time. But now I know they're there. They're really obvious. Um, what else is there? It's the rail clock. I don't know if that was in the original story or if that's a little little throwback, but I always love to see the Dalek rail clock. Uh, what else is there? Um, the hoop. There's like a Who poster with the Who written like Doctor oh, I saw that. I don't know, there's, yeah, I saw those that. little bits is Whittaker written on the wall on one of the plaques, which I think is a, a nod to a David Whitaker. But a lot of people are saying, oh, why would you have to put Jody in there? I think actually it's a nod to David Whitaker, not Jody Whitaker, but could be either. Yeah, there's loads of little bits, and they, they do that quite a lot in these animations, don't they? I think they've done it in quite a few of them where they've put these little hidden things in the background for you to spot. So... Mm. So it'd be nice if somebody could provide a little list of things to look out for, because I'm sure there's loads I've missed. But yeah, look out for the Weeping Angels, dude. They're really obvious. I can't <laughs> believe I didn't see them the first time. <laughs> no,
0: that sounds cool. I remember seeing that poster. It's when the Doctor and Jamie are in that bar.
6: Yeah, that's it. At the beginning, yeah. yeah there's, a,
0: there's a load of posters on the wall. One of them, it looks like the Who logo, the Doctor Who logo, yeah.
6: That's it, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's so the old Easter eggs. I like it when they do stuff we like that. Need them these days. Yeah. You need, you need you either need easter eggs or you need post credit scenes. That's right. One <laughs> of the two or both. Yeah. Uh dokey. Um I think it's yeah, I've got nothing else to do. Let's put a score on this then. I think it's you to go first, I think. No, or no, it's you this time. Isn't yeah, it's you okay. this time. Uh, okay, I will give this a 7.5
6: out of 10. 7.5. Yeah. Uh I'm really stuck. That's why I wanted you to go first. <laughs> I I feel like giving it a 7.5, but I feel like that's too low. I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to be a bit generous on this one. Okay. I'm going to give it an eight. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really stuck between those two scores. I'll, I'll go eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I do feel I'm being a little bit generous because it, it is padded. It is massively padded, but I like it overall. So
0: yeah. I'll, I'll read you. Yeah. So there are some, you know, um, Uh, I gave it a 7.5 because, although I think it's a really good story, don't get me wrong, I think it is a a good one, I didn't enjoy it as much as some of the other Dalek stories. So The Dalek Invasion of Earth, we both gave that an 8 each, so I enjoyed that one a little bit more. And um, the uh, the other story we did, the other uh, Hartnell story we did earlier on in the year, just The Daleks. I gave that an 8.5, and you also gave that an 8 as well. So again, mm-hmm. those other two Dalek stories, I enjoyed them a little bit more, um, but not far off. So I can't give it as much as them because yeah, my enjoyment factor wasn't quite there. But it's still a good story. Good watch.
6: And it's one I think that you, it's not one that I could watch that often either because of the length of it. Mm. It's not a remembrance that I could just put on any time and just, it would, I would just enjoy it or could put it on the background. It's just not one of those stories. It's one of those I'd have to be in the mood for um, because it is just that bit too long, I think. Yes, agreed. Yeah.
0: Okay. So 7.5 for me then and an eight from him. What did our listeners think? We had seven audio clips in this week. So thank you very much, guys, for being busy on that. Let's kick off. This is. Mr Neil Campbell.
8: How's it going, lads? I'll be honest, I've always found it a bit difficult to watch the animations apart from the invasion and I think that was only because there was only the two episodes of it that were animated but that being said, the animation for The Evil of Daleks here is absolutely superb. They've done a really good job. Um, It's just a shame the story itself, which is a classic, doesn't exist in its original form. Patrick Troughton is brilliant as always. He's such a good doctor. The way he plays that scene where the Dalek bursts through the door and just shouts his name, I thought that was amazing, it's just that, that that pan of him, you know, on the camera is class, and do you note the ferocity in the Dalek's voice in this story? Um, the scenes as well, where the Doctor names the Daleks Alpha, Beta and Omega, with them twirling round and saying, friend, I found that really creepy and weird. It's so strange, like um, the introduction of Victoria. I mean, the TARDIS is going to need some triple glazing installed there, I think, you know, with her screaming. But listen, it's a really good story. It's an absolute classic. Like I said, I find animations a bit difficult to watch, but this one's really crisp and really good. Love the Emperor Dalek as well. So all in, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Cheers.
6: 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10, yeah, Invasion, I remember that being quite, like you said, it's only two animated eps, but I remember that, they're quite good. Yeah, Invasion animation, yeah.
0: Yes. And the old triple glazing, Neil. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Neil. Good score there, dude. Moving on, this is Mr. Martin Arnold.
7: Nobody else in the universe can review what we're reviewing because the Daleks are evil from their little cupboard in Maxable's lab where they pop out and make him do things. I didn't find it that great. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Um, it's, it's okay. And I think it's another one of these ones that suffers from being kind average. And also too long. The plot feels very contrived. Things happen because they need to happen. We need Jamie to rescue Victoria. Because he needs to provide the human factor. The Scottish factor. Let's make all the Daleks Scottish. That would have been interesting. Um, and it just... It, and then you have the big battle at the end where the Dalek Emperor. I always enjoy the Dalek Emperor turns around and goes, Oh, I've got the Dalek factor, and you're like, okay. This this show doesn't have the X factor, that's one thing it lacks. Um it's okay, I, I always enjoy the animation in these episodes. I think they do a really good job. I like the style of it. It's it's clean, um, it's efficient, you know, it's probably easy to do than some super detailed thing like the tenth planet. I'll give it I'll give it seven Dalek rides out of ten. Um, Look Jamie, they're taking me for a ride I know the feeling mate. Cheerio <laughs>
6: <laughs> Martin. <laughs> yeah, Martin. Yes. Bit of a mixed bag there for Martin by the sounds of it. Yeah. Martin not feeling that one. Which no. is weird.
0: For some reason, I thought Martin was going to like this one. I don't know why I thought that. No. Yeah, I just thought mm. this was his cup of tea. Clearly not. No. Bit average there for Martin. Not really feeling it. Thanks for the view, though, dude. Of course. Uh, right. Next one. This is Mr. Joe Turner.
4: Evil of the Daleks is an infamous Troughton story, and one we as fans have craved for a long time. Overall, I enjoyed the story. The plot is incredibly innovative, and the idea of giving Daleks human characteristics is really interesting, and makes for some funny scenes, particularly when Troughton rides a Dalek and plays games with them. The cast are great in this. The dynamic between Jamie and Trouton in this story is terribly intense, with Jamie going as far as to question the Doctor's motives. Meanwhile, Trouton's great, he's a bit darker in this episode, doing anything possible to prevent the Daleks from succeeding, it's the closest we get to Troughton adopting the title of the Time Lord Victorious. It's a shame Victoria isn't utilised more, I mean, all she really does is cry in this, and Maxwell is absolutely mad with the idea of ultimate power, and provides us with a flawed character. The story is directed really well, especially when the Emperor is revealed. I love the Emperor Dalek, he was really cool and had a commanding presence on screen that strikes fear into the audience, and the final battle scene is epic and there is a lot of impactful deaths, like Kemmel, that are quite unexpected. In saying that, I do think it's way too long and it does drag in the first three parts. Also I feel there is way too much time spent in the Victorian setting, I wanted more scenes on Skari. Finally, the animation is brilliant. It's clear to see a lot of time has been spent making sure the final product is the best it can be. And that final shot of the Dalek ice stalk is a great way to close the episode implying the Daleks live on. So overall, I'm going to give this episode an 8 out of 10. Thank you.
0: An 8. Another 8. Same as me. Yeah. Yes, another good score, that one. And uh, yeah, the way that um, Max the Ball carries on, I think Joe brought up a good point there. It does... It does give you Emperor Palpatine vibes at times from mm. Star Wars, doesn't it?
1: Mmm. Yeah.
0: Defo. Okay, another good score. Thank you very much, Joe. This is now TN66.
1: The Eve of the Daleks is one of my favourite Patrick Tratton stories, and also one of my favourite Daleks stories, and one of David Whitaker's best scripts. I love seeing the Daleks in Victorian in London, and the threat the Daleks hold over all the characters gives the story a lot of menace. I love how this story explores the relationship between the Doctor and Jamie, and challenges the morality of the Doctor, with the Doctor manipulating Jamie, and Jamie having an active role in the plot, in proactively trying to rescue Victoria, who I feel is introduced well with the implied romance between Jamie and Victoria, and the trauma she goes through. The Dalek Emperor is fantastic, and the plot surrounding the human factor could have gone wrong, but it's simply fantastic, exploring the Dalek mentality to be obedient, which has a lot of powerful Nazi parallels, and the end of the Daleks is very satisfying. It has too many characters and a few padded moments, but overall, I love it. I'd give it a 9 out of 10. Oh, Loves it.
0: Tardisnet Net loves it. A 9 out of 10, that's the highest one so far. Very cool, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I've never really considered the parallels with the war and Nazis and stuff. I, mean, I guess there is plenty in there during, uh, you know, TV back in the day, in the 60s and stuff. But mm. Yeah, I never yeah, really that, yeah. Mm. Thank you very much to TARDISnet, 66 A 9, big score. Right, I think we've got a newbie this one. <gasps> Love a newbie. A newbie reviewer. Uh, this is Jamie Halston.
5: I was lucky enough to see the new version of Evil of the Daleks at the BFI back in September. And one of the points that they said during that screening was that because of lockdown, the animators had had much longer to work on this than they would have done normally. And uh, I think for me, that definitely showed, because I think this is the most polished animation that we've seen yet. Now, I mean, they obviously will never have the money or resources of Disney or Pixar Um, but I thought it looked pretty good on the big screen. Um, I was struck at the level of detail and how good it looked. And despite being seven episodes long, uh, it didn't drag, which is more than can be said for some of the other uh, longer Doctor Who stories in the 60s. And ultimately, um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was the best one yet. I mean, you always approach a story like Evil of the Daleks with a certain amount of trepidation. Uh, It's long been held as a classic. Sometimes when you see these sort of restored or sort of reimagined stories, you know, that reputation can be a good thing and well-deserved. Other times it's a bad thing and it's not so well-deserved. Some of these stories have aged, you know, pretty badly. Um, but I thought Evil of Daleks, yeah, it was it was one that I was glad
6: that they've restored and brought back to life.
0: Positive one there, I think, from Jamie. Yeah,
6: mm, it's interesting, the oh. lockdown, I, yeah, I hadn't really taken that into... So consideration i think they did mention that now yeah i've forgotten about
0: that yeah i think that's probably why a lot of people have not really had too many complaints about the animation i think because Mm. yeah if they've had that extra time to give it some polish and spend a bit a bit more time on it then yeah that's all good yeah so uh no score from jamie but i'm I'm guessing that would have been a fairly decent score i think he said he quite liked it and yeah didn't consider this one a, a, a drag either no no dragging for jamie
6: no, but do you know what's weird, mate, is that I don't remember sitting at the BFI feeling like it dragged. Um, I don't know if it's just being in the big screen and there was sort of laughter in the right moments. I don't, I don't remember sitting there thinking, "Oh, episode four this is dragging a, at all." Um, mm. Don't know. Maybe it's just a different environment to watch it in. But yeah, yeah. It's Whereas a I different definitely vibe. felt that this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a different vibe in the cinema.
6: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Anyway, thank you very much, Jamie, for your first review. Very much appreciated. Two more. First one, Toby Coleman. Let's do it.
2: So, Eve of the Daleks, it is one that has been asked to be animated for years, and it finally has. I mean, I remember somebody drawing on Twitter for over a year to get it animated, but here it is. Um, It's really enjoyable. I mean, the Doctor and Jamie and their complicated relationship and how the Doctor was lying to Jamie just so he could stop the Daleks. That was really cool. Um, the whole concept of the time travelling back to Victorian era, and the human Dalek factor, which I, I'm pretty sure is a plot point that has come up time and time again. Daleks trying to become humans, humans they end up being more Dalek-y. It's not sure the victoria did loads but for an introduction story she was quite good i'll give it nine alchemy secrets out of 10
6: bye
0: alchemy secrets
6: nine yep. another nine so two two high scores now another nine yeah another good review thank you very much
0: toby alchemy secrets love it right <laughs> last up this is seb Lane.
3: Hello Gary and Adam, it is finally that time to do an audio review, I haven't done one in a while so, you know, I'm going to get back into the rhythm of it, but this week it's Evil of the Daleks which I finished watching last week, so this is rather convenient, I loved Evil of the Daleks, I think it's a brilliant step up in terms of animation and the story hops along at a great pace, I do think it could have been 6 parts rather than 7 as there is a little bit of padding in the middle, however It's so enjoyable. I loved seeing the Doctor and Jamie's relationship get tested. The Daleks looked great, but the highlight of it were the sort of human factor Daleks. They were so funny, and they provided some comic relief in quite a dark story. Victoria was introduced perfectly, and the side characters were really strong in this. So overall, Evil of the Daleks, I'd give it a solid 8.5 out of 10. Thanks. 8.5, yeah, that's
0: cool. 8.5 from old Seb. Mm. another good score because some really good consistent scores dude
6: yeah yeah which I kind of expected yeah. yeah it's well regarded isn't it it is indeed yeah Radio, thank you very much. All
0: of you dudes that have sent in the audio clips, very much appreciated as always. We only had a couple on the social, so I'll rattle through them quick. Jordan, our writer said, an excellent story matched with um, excellent animation. It's great to see a darker second Doctor and Jamie is really strong here. Poor Victoria gets nothing to do, but the final episode is epic. And this is rightly one of the uh, show's absolute high points. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chippy T says, probably the best Dalek story I've ever seen due to not owning the DVD. Love the fact that everybody who has seen it pretty much raves about it. The whole cast are superb. I think if you want to read my review of Flux before it is broadcast, head over to (laughs) mysticmeg.com. (laughs) Tar. Very good, Chippy T. See what you did there. See and lastly is. on Twitter, Doctor Who Holmes said, until the animation came along, I didn't give this story much love, but now I love it. I really think it's a great story with lots of memorable moments. Maybe a little padded, but it's all worth it to get to Scaro. The animation of the final end is something else. 100% 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? Yes. And over on Facebook, Charlie Turner says, it's not as good as the power of the Daleks, as I find this one a bit yeah. overrated, but it's only because there are some parts I find a bit slow. Uh, Pretty good way to introduce Victoria, though, even if she didn't really do all that much. And the final end scene has never looked so beautiful in animation. An eight or a nine out of ten, I can't decide. I really do like it for the most part. Uh, I'll rewatch it sometime, but those are my first impressions. Fair enough. Yeah, cheers, Charlie. Yeah, and lastly, Aaron Ball says, always loved this story with the recon, but the animation shows the time they had and it pays off. It was the... Uh, last Dalek story, a true classic. To end it on seven parts, and they just fly by. Nine point five Black Dome Daleks out of ten.
6: <laughs> Interesting, flies by, dude. How do the Daleks get Scarrow in that funny cupboard?
0: In the funny cupboard.
6: <laughs> like they go in the cupboard and this in Scarrow. Is there a little? There was a, tra- a tractor, some sort of beam, not tractor beam. Um, <laughs> don't know. But it's not shown, is it? I'm not. I haven't missed anything, have I? Well, I think the- they go in the cupboard. And the,
0: then, yeah, the little cupboard is there. You know, that they've devised this device transmat. that uses mirrors and static electricity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how they they brought the doctor and Jamie back to. So I think it's just a time travel. So,
6: yeah, I felt we should have seen it, but I just want it, just makes you laugh. They go in that funny cupboard and then they're,
0: <laughs> they're in Scaro, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okie dokie, that's going to wrap it all up then for. Our review of the Evil of the Daleks. So next week, dude, I don't think we need to say it, but what are we doing for review next week?
6: Yeah, so we'll be kicking off Series 13 with the 13th Doctor, and it is a Halloween episode. Well, it's got a Halloween title, so we'll be looking forward to reviewing the Halloween Apocalypse next Ooh, week. New yeah. Doctor, who. new Who, yeah, it's always exciting, oh, It's be <laughs> good.
0: Yeah, I hope it's good. <laughs> you can't oh. see this uh, listener, but on on Skype, Adam's face has got. Yeah.
6: I just want it to be good. Yeah, he's
0: got that desperation and dismay. <laughs> like...
6: oh, I don't want to be cringing.
0: Yeah. Okay then, dude. Let's wrap it there, I think, for episode 329. All righty. Thank you thank you very much for listening to episode 329 this week it was great to have you here as always listening to us waffle on about everything doctor who uh, some really good scores for the evil of the daleks thank you so much for those of you that sent in your audio clips much appreciated as always and those of you that jumped on the socials some really good scores so i think overall the average is probably about an eight and a half eight eight and a half something like that yeah. which is very cool next week uh as adam said we're jumping into series 13 which comes out this sunday so set your clocks and your alarms and all that stuff remember it's on at a different time than usual so sunday evening episode one the halloween apocalypse so goes without saying you need to watch it because we need your reviews next week so make sure you give it a watch because we'll be doing that uh, next week in the meantime make sure you follow this podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on uh, that way you won't miss a show when it lands every Friday and if you've got a minute to leave us a review or a rating that'd be awesome because that helps us out loads and loads so something like podchaser.com uh, stitcher apple Podcasts, those kind of things and thank you so much to those of you that have left reviews uh, your words are very kind and very awesome so thank you thank you very much for that Uh, make sure you head over to the website too bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk listen to all the episodes over there for free and uh, read all the reviews and articles from our writers there very cool stuff and you can also link off to the social accounts uh, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook come and give us a like and a follow over there so we can chat with you about Doctor Who throughout the week between episodes and we have a free Discord server as well again the link is on the website come and jump over there and chat Doctor Who with other Doctor Who fans and as I mentioned earlier you have to go and check this out, of course. You
6: must do it. Obey. Now. Obey.
0: <laughs> go and check out Adam's channel on his
6: YouTube, which is the Geeks Handbag. Indeed, yes. In fact, I forgot earlier. I will have a new video out by the time this podcast goes out of uh, me traipsing around B and M stores trying to find <laughs> trying to find the sensorite. Um, yeah, so yeah, go and check that out. And uh, yeah, I'm on the socials: Instagram, Twitter. What's the other one? Facebook. Facebook, yeah. But not TikTok, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Haven't made it on there yet.
0: Not TikTok, yeah. So go and check out Adam's stuff. Go and give him a like and a subscribe and all that. Until next week, enjoy the Halloween apocalypse. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... (laughs) A-L-D.
8: A-L-D.